All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuckineers? What the fucknicks? What the fucksicans? What the fuckstables? What the fuckaholics? You know, there's a long list. Goes on and on. I'm missing a lot. What the fuckadelics? How about one of those? Let's throw one of those in. I am Mark Marin. This is WTF. This is my show. Welcome to it. I'm happy you're here. Today, I have the, uh, the amazing Andrew W.K., who I, I was not that familiar with until I met him a, a while back, and then I, I kind of did a little investigating, and boy, we had a hell of a conversation. Covered a lot of topics. Uh, went the distance, man. It was, uh, it was great, and that's coming up here in just a second, or a minute, or a few minutes, or right now if you're one of those people. Before uh, we get into that, let's do a little business. I will be in Ferndale, Michigan at the Magic Bag Theater on September 29th. Two shows. I think the uh, website is uh, themagicbag.com. Check that out. I'll be at the L.A. Riot. That's not right. Riot L.A. on September 22nd doing a live WTF that I'm trying to get booked now and some sort of storytelling show. That's happening. Uh, I'm not doing a lot of live out-of-town work because I'm busy working on my television show. We are writing the scripts. We are picking locations. We are slowly moving into production starting in October, which is very exciting, doing the casting uh, coming soon. Never been in this situation before. Thrilled. Not freaking out. Uh, just want, God, I sound like Brody. Brody Stevens. Not freaking out, but everything's going okay. I'm just trying to keep my mind uh, on the work and, and hopefully, uh, hopefully we make some good television. That's my goal. Unique television that uh, serves and uh, honors who I am, if that's okay with you. I am doing a lot of comedy in town, though, so uh, keep an eye out for me. I don't usually put that on my website because if I'm doing a spot at the comedy store, there's some part of me that doesn't want to drag you into that. I I don't want to drag you into that horrendous relationship that is uh, on and again, off again. I had a, I, I think it's a breakthrough. I've always had my feelings about the comedy store, and I, and I think some of you can relate to this in a different way uh, if you're not a performer. I, I mean, I have a long history at the comedy store, and certainly we've talked about it enough on this show, but I never really framed it in this way. I, I tweeted something. The thought was, when I perform... At the comedy store, it feels like I'm confronting my abuser. And I think there's some reality to that. I, I think it's clear that the way I look at life, I, I don't, very few things, certainly things that had a profound effect on me in a negative way, uh, I think we can call that trauma, things that traumatized me become part of my personal mythology. And anybody who was involved in these life-defining moments, they they become part of my personal mythology and 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 that's who i am that's why i hang so much importance on even just meeting someone once or twice in my life i have created a relationship in my head because i've put them on the little marin mount olympus either you know way up top or along the bottom yeah wherever they are that that is the the backdrop i don't have a spiritual belief system but i do amplify events and people in my life to the to the to the the realm of mythic and i always go back to that it's very hard for me to evolve relationships 
with people in my mind who I've I've put into my uh, my uh, mythic spectrum of people that were you know responsible for or or part of some sort of cathartic event in my life. But I had this moment where I went to the comedy store. It was uh I, I what was it Friday night in the original room. I've been doing a lot of shows. I've been doing hour and a half, two hour shows, really working through stuff with supportive audiences. I go to the comedy store, and uh, you know I get on that stage that that in its in and of itself had a, is is a haunting sort of uh plat- uh, platform for me I, I i mean i was there and i was fucked up and i went through a lot of shit there and all i ever wanted to do was be on that stage and i felt like that club chewed me up chewed my soul up and spit me the fuck out of this town and my brain was a mess so i mean i think if we transfer that language into i think that club when i was 21 years old Fucked me in the ass. Yeah, and did I volunteer for that fucking? I did. Was it abuse? I think it could be framed that way in in the insecure box that is my brain. So when I go back there, that it's all hanging in the air. The mystical element of the comedy store as being some sort of you know haunted, uh, weird uh, vortex of uh, of demonic spirits inhabiting others. Uh, that's gone. But the truth of the matter is, is I was traumatized deeply by that place. And I think that people who listen to this show with any psychological uh, intuition could hear that in the way I talk about it. But it really came, it all came crashing down on me, man. I'm Friday night, I'm on stage, it's not going well, and I feel this thing that I don't feel anymore come up out of me, this this contempt this anger, this cornered sort of you know feeling of like, I'm not going to let you touch me again. Not like that. It's inappropriate. So I literally having this, this anger, this defensiveness that it's not just the audience sitting there. It's the entire structure. It's everything it represents in my framework, in my mythology, in my brain. And I just found myself like I felt my heart drop and my shield go up and the fucking swords come out and I'm ready to just cut people up in that fucking room and they weren't even doing anything. So it's arguable. Maybe maybe perhaps that was a bad night for the club and perhaps the mysticism is still there and and the uh, and the force of darkness was strong and it was sucking the spirit out of those people. But. Why why elevate it to that degree? Why not just say I had a bad set and move on? Because every time I go in there, I'm confronting my abuser. <sighs> Pow! I just shit my pants. Just coffee.coop available at WTFpod.com. Get that WTF blend and I get a little on the back end there. But I need I should say that I went back uh, the following night, Saturday night in the main room and just fucking killed it. So there's that constant relationship. So now, like, you know, who's the bitch now, comedy store? That's right. Saturday night, it was you. Friday night, yeah, I left with a little, uh, yeah, I was bleeding a little bit. little bleeding. What else? Oh, yeah, look, the cabinet thing. Thank you for all of the emails uh, from people who work with wood. Some of you look like, you know, amazing wood artists. And, and it's almost like I didn't respond to some of you. Well, I didn't respond to a lot of you, but I have it all, and I was going through them all. And some of it almost almost looks too nice for my house, but I appreciate all of it, and I will keep it all on file because I'm going to need other stuff. What I'm saying is I did find a guy to do the 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 work I needed, which was build a you know, standalone piece 
of shelves. But the the reason it happened, I just want to share this with you because I'm going to need more furniture, by the way. So don't take any offense. I have all of your your uh, your examples and your work, and it's beautiful work. A lot of creative people listen to this show, and I'm very happy that uh, you enjoy listening to me. Why you work, and and keep up the good work. And I'm talking to you. Get back to the lathe. Is that the right tool? So, uh, so I get an email like last week from a dude. This just it's almost panicked from this dude named Patrick. It just says, "Did you get the shelves made? I'm I'm coming down from uh, from Northern California, the Ukiah area. I'll be there for two weeks visiting family, and I'll build them." So in my mind, I'm like, "Shit, that that means it's going to happen now." There's no. Uh, it's like, "Let's make this happen now." He's like, "I'll be there in two weeks. I'm gonna you know," and he's. He came by. I'm like, all right, well, that's a time window. There's no waiting. This guy, is, he had an example of his work, uh, some uh, some pieces. And I'm like, he seems to know what he's doing with the stain and with the saw. Let's fucking make this happen. So I get in touch with him. He comes over when he gets down here. I say, look, this is what I need. And he barely looked at the place. He kind of eyeballed it. No tape measuring. I drew a picture of the thing I had in mind. He's like, okay, I think I can do this. And, you know, I just got to get the materials. And then, uh, you know, he splits and my brother's over and he's like, I don't know. Does he, you think he knows what he's doing? I'm like, I think so. He just because he didn't measure anything or, or take it. Maybe, he's just one of those dudes that's operating in the moment. And then he went out and he priced me out on what it would cost for materials. He said he picked up some other tools. He's going to do it in his mom's garage. He's taking a couple of extra days and he's on it. I just love that thing, man. Just a dude driving down the car. I got these skills. Let's fucking make this happen. I just, I like that, that spirit of that. I remember there was a dude named Ross Broccoli who used to hang out in New York. And he was one of those dudes that could do anything. He could uh, play basketball. He could drink all night. He could, uh, you know, drive a truck. He could, uh, you know, do woodwork. He could paint beautifully. He was just one of those guys that just had all these hidden talents. And I remember one time I had a full-on, full-size, like six-foot, seven-foot-tall bookshelf that was the depth of a bookshelf. And I wanted to make a CD shelf. I wanted to build a CD shelf. And he came over to a small one-bedroom New York apartment and he said, let's just make it out of this. And I'm like, all right. So he brings a circular saw to my small apartment and we proceed to literally cut a regular size bookshelf in half, you know, all around and keep the backing. You know, we're basically cutting it down. You're cutting a bookshelf in half lengthwise. And he was very confident about it. Uh, but uh, needless to say, uh, we did cut through a couple of books somehow or another. We saw the 1984 in half. I still have the half. And uh, and my apartment was covered in sawdust for six months. I could never get it all up. But I like the spirit. I like it. Let's just fucking build this. So I'll let you know how that goes. We get into a big conversation, you know, uh, WK and I about art and about, you know, just the creative spirit and where it's going to lead you and what you want out of it. Uh, I think you're going to find that very interesting. All right. Hey, you know what time it is? It's stamps.com time. That's right. I'm going to read a handwritten letter. From a young lady, Mark, I don't even know why I'm writing this letter, but it seems that everyone is writing to you and you do seem to read them. So it only makes me want you to read whatever shit comes out of my brain. And the shit that comes out of my brain is pretty weird. So you have to pardon the shitty language. Congratulations on episode 300. I'm surprised how much I love the podcast, really. I have no idea why, but your podcast really has changed not only my view of comedy, but how I view life, stuff like existentialism, and my own brain, which unfortunate for you and me, both kind of angrily keeping in our heads like the lovable douche you are and the obstinate, bullheaded fucking bitch that I am. 
Hundredth episode ended, and I am smiling hard. And that storm cloud that resonates harshly in my skull has dissipated for now. I thank you for that. Wow, that was extremely eloquent. Now let me tell you something that has been bothering me because of you, you interesting asshole. So I'm bipolar, and when you're bipolar, you have a lot of energy and talents in creative areas. For me, it's writing, music, acting, and it makes me a bitch. I read about you in an article in Entertainment Weekly the summer of my senior year of high school. Four months later, music wasn't giving me much muse, and I decided to find your podcast and listen as I do the monkey dance my band director has put me in because apparently the fucker's a sadist. So it was the episode with Anthony Bourdain, and as I'm listening, my mind has gone to pure shock. I started to like Bourdain because of you, and because of you, I start to watch Bourdain's TV show, No Reservations. Slowly, I start to change because of you. Through the course of more than 50 podcasts, I begin to change in my tastes and such. One, I watch Anthony Bourdain, No Reservations. Two, I learned about Diablo Cody. Three, I listen to Mary Mack and Bo Burnham. Four, I own songs from The Shins and Jack White. Five, I listen to Chelsea Peretti and Aziz Ansari stand-up. Six, I read Dave Barry and Alan Zweibel's Lunatics. And the list goes on and on. I also got addicted to downloading and listening. When I was in school, it was like clockwork. Every Monday and Thursday, I download it. Then I listen as I do my homework or housework. Or when I'm at high school, I would listen in the choir room section of the band hall. Classes would go by and I would be the happiest ever. Somehow your podcast would make me happy. Still does, bro. I had begun a cataclysmic reaction in me. I'm now the most unassuming hipster queen. And if you read this email on air, I will murder you. No, not really. Just don't make me have another complex, man. I got too many already from a crazy-ass Mexican, Vanessa. <laughs> right on. I hope I Don't get a complex, Vanessa. All right, you ready to get into it? Are you ready to get into uh, creativity, music, art, sex, and the feeling of being alive? Let's talk to Andrew W.K. I did a panel uh, at South by Southwest. Yeah. Because last time, we go every year. Yeah. Um, and the panel was about, um, I guess, esoteric thoughts right. uh, in the music industry. And one of the guys That's there- That's a little broad. <laughs> <laughs> well, you wouldn't think. I mean, for most people, like, oh, that's a pretty particular topic. And I thought, well, actually, that's the most broad topic. Uh, but there was a professor there. Yeah. So I learned more. I, I didn't actually have that much to contribute despite being a, a panelist. On, yeah. You know, part of it, one of the most amazing things he said, and I don't think it just applies to esoteric thought. I think it applies to maybe life yeah. or at least culture. Right. He said the fact that you don't understand it is the point. Right. Because it's constantly provocative. It's inspiring right. thought. Okay. Yeah. And exactly. I was like, thank goodness, because I felt like an idiot for all these years that I didn't get it. You well, know? well, that that's a, that is very provocative. It was a really, it, it was a life changing one sentence that this professor said, and God, you know, I can't remember his name. I don't know if that doesn't matter. You don't have to. You don't have to understand that. <laughs> it ties right into it. <laughs> but uh, you know, it was a lot of fun, and I'm I'm glad that you uh, can relate to that same kind of vibe. It takes the pressure off, you know. Well, you know, you spend your life trying to crack some sort of code, thinking that you know, there's part of you that thinks like I got to make sense of it. Right. Like, you know, how many times do you say to yourself, like I I just got to figure it out. I want to know. Right. I got to figure it out. Someone knows. Someday it's all going to make sense. Where is that book? Well, you, you, uh, you uh, for folks, have, 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 have people seen your library here? Some, some, some people have seen pictures. Yeah, because I don't, I don't ever show people my my library. Why? 
I guess it's mostly the pornography. Just, you know, you want to kind of keep that stuff. Well, what kind of pornography do you have? Mostly sexual. Well, I, well as opposed to what? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> Mostly sexual. <laughs> like the other kind of pornography. I'm just joking around. No, but like, I never this, look at like porn. this book, no, it's okay, man. You do look at porn. I love pornography. Let's talk about that, man. I mean, where are you with that that's shit? That's always one of the most exciting things to me uh, about coming to LA. You know, I don't live here. I live in New York City. And there's a very, very small amount of uh, adult industry in New York. Well, um, yeah, it used to all be there, kind of. I mean, uh, exactly in terms right. of... Uh, purveying it screw magazine al goldstein 42nd street and everything else you could go, he, he was working at jnr cigars for a while where's that that's right on uh like 47th and maybe sixth avenue oh, really? al goldstein yeah he was what, he's down recently on his, yeah <laughs> he's down on his luck i go oh, in there no. to get some uh, i go in there no. to get some sticks right oh and there's fucking old al goldstein oh my god smoking a cigar he was probably there because someone got him the gig out of the goodness of their heart because he was struggling oh my gosh and there he was and you know he talked my ear off for a while they eventually let him go i think exactly (laughs) exactly for that reason that breaks my heart he is a you know one of the most important figures in uh, i'd say american pop culture especially in the 20th century but where do you stand on the porn thing i mean do you think it fucks with your head hopefully yeah <laughs> that's the point <laughs> no i that's know i want stimulation whether you know of any kind physical mental uh yeah. you know i want to be in a state of complete disarray yeah uh and then be comfortable with that um you know that's where you that's what you're driving towards? i don't like comfort from culture that want i get comfort from blankets uh soft pillows yeah warm baths right which i haven't taken in a long time but the idea of it is still comforting you know my wife you sure. know uh you know a soft piece of skin even my own arm i can just rub my own arm the skin's pretty soft there you feel comfortable i get a lot of comfort but when it comes to music books art movies all that stuff you know entertain i want to be blown away and disturbed and shocked and excited and confused and all that no sweetness i mean don't you like some sweetness i mean blown away i guess that uh, blown away is pretty broad you can be blown away quietly you can be blown away by sweetness sure yeah no 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 i was thinking about that too i mean uh bridge over troubled water how great is that when fucking art hits that high note what are you gonna do with that when they go into sail on yeah silverbird i cry every time right yeah i'm crying a little now just after saying it like that that's a song where any person i truly love like and care about that's a song that you can picture them listen to that song and it's like the greatest thing you could do for that person like is just to psychically imagine and connect them to that song it's one of the greatest things that any human has done so i agree there are times for that sweetness but you know what it's still intense yeah that's the thing you, you want to feel i want it to be yeah i don't want passive. blown away means feel that's right but it, you can be blown away by a lot of things you can be blown away by a fan a sure. really strong you know breeze well, i think literally you can sure i mean if it, you, let's just make if it a she's p- a good it, fan Andrew, yeah yeah <laughs> then Hey, you can be blown now, that's twice. What I was talking to you about earlier. A boy has never wept or dashed a thousand Kim. Kim. The last word, K I M, capital. The last word, the Dutch Schultz and Sam Shepard used it. Uh, you know, in a in a in a as a as an opening quote to a play of his. Okay. And this is like you know, and 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 uh, William Burroughs was hung up on it, and he wrote this screenplay about it. And I used to, when I was younger, I would fester about this shit. It's like, why is it important? And basically it was important because Dutch Schultz, who was a famous gangster, uh-huh. when he was dying, just apparently went on these hours and hours of free-form, nonsensical rambling. But, and had never shown that kind of thinking no, before. No, because he was dying. The lights were going out. He was going to del- delirious. And Yeah, and, okay. and, and, and boys never wept nor dashed a thousand Kim. I guess... <laughs> 
You know, I don't know what that means, but there's a poetry to it. And if you're talking about Burroughs, a guy who would write, uh, you know, something in a paragraph, then cut it up and rearrange it to get the poetry out of it, and then think he was time traveling to extrapolate some deeper meaning out of that. Profound truths. Right. That's a mind fucker. But I mean, there's no answers there. There's just sort of like, you know, you're like, okay, I'm going to move this shit around. I'm going to take this out of context. And boom, you get blown away like you're talking about. That's what, you know, Dali, I think, said uh, some quote very similar. I'm paraphrasing right now, but something about confusion is the truest state yeah. of understanding. But you're, how long have you been married? Well, I've been married now at Sherry Lily. Mm-hmm. Uh, we met actually uh, at our singing teacher, a heavy metal singing teacher that we were both going to. And she was the student that had the lesson after me. So as I'm leaving my lesson, I see this this angel. Yeah. And uh, then our singing teacher, this wonderful woman named Melissa Cross, who if yeah. you're a singer out there, I highly, highly recommend her. She basically set us up. She knew. And when you, because when you sing and you work with a teacher on singing, it's a very vulnerable experience. I did that once. So you know. I mean, you got it. You can't. Because to touch the sound. Like Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah. Well, like, you know, to find that voice within you where you, ah, wait, the, ah, ah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sad, right? It's intense. It's, 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 <laughs> It's like, <laughs> you might as well just be crying. Well, anyway, she knew me very well, and she she said you, like you were born. For, she knew that this was my soulmate. Yeah, and I never believed in that. Well, I mean, I thought I did. You know how these things go, and uh, you know you found your soulmate several times now. So. No, I'm a, a true believer in that. There's the the one soulmate uh, idea is bullshit for you. For anybody. Oh, jeez, Mark. What? Well, I want to think that it exists. There, what your your soul is so small it has to limit itself. It's extremely small. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> That's how I try to compensate for the You're other compensating small... for your tiny soul. <laughs> you know, I gave my soul up a long, well, not that long ago, about 12 years ago. To who? When I moved to New York. Come on, you did not. You're full of soul. You're all about the soul, man. And that's the trick. Yeah, I get that. That mm-hmm. is the trick. You make them think it, but... It's all about no, the... there's uh... no trickery going on. I'm, I'm having fun. Sherry Lily is the best thing that's ever happened in my life. And, uh, you know, if it doesn't last forever, I understand what you're saying, and I respect that. I'm enjoying it while it's going on now. I guess maybe I should rephrase it, is that love can be found again and again. It's not that your heart doesn't break and that the love that you had is still within you. Right. But it does not, uh, it, it does not uh, unless you get bitter, it does not stifle your ability to find love again. I agree with that. And everything counts. Because I had great relationships before that that sure. I gained from. You know. Sure, and I'm sure they did too. I'm sure you broke a couple hearts along the way. No, I think my heart was always the one that was broken. Is that true? Uh, most of the time. Really? A what lot was of the that? Time. Who was the first girlfriend? Well, my in high school, um, uh, Christina, beautiful, really. But who were you in high school? Let's 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 go back. What were you wearing? You're hanging out, smoking a cigarette. Uh, no, I didn't smoke then. I, I didn't do any drugs or alcohol or, or cigarettes or anything until I was 21 or well, 18 for cigarettes because you know. Yeah, you got to get legal. started. Yeah. No, okay. it's just against the law. Wait, so, but I, what, you, what, you were worried about that? I don't mean worried, more just, just respe- respectful. Really? I don't know. That's how I was raised. Um, who raised you? Uh, a pack of strange vagrants who, for some reason, thought that they were going to make up for all their errors by uh, raising me very well. Oh, that's good. They're called parents, and they, <laughs> they never... <laughs> And they, ne- and they never quite pull it off, do they? They never. No, but it was a it was a valiant college effort. <laughs> it was a good college try. What kind of what what were your old uh, what was your parents involved in? What were their rackets? Well, you know, like the, my dad's a law professor, 
at Univer- uh, University of Michigan, and uh, you know I'm wearing the uh, U of M hat uh-huh. right here. He makes me wear it. I guess he gets like twenty bucks. A oh, week really? Or so, if I well, hence it. the fear of the smoking age, I guess. <laughs> well, he's a smoker too. So still, well, he's been yeah. He, um, much to my you know, of course, my 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 mom's chagrin. Uh, but he's good at it. You know, he can smoke like a cigarette, like you know, so so fast. Well, I I know, but that's like you know, that's like saying I'm good at punching myself in the face. <laughs> he likes it. You know, I used to think who the doesn't same thing. like it. I don't like it that much. No, it depends. You know, it's one of those things I enjoy. All right, so you're in high school. You're hanging out. You're yes. not smoking. We're having a blast. Per- yeah, perhaps what you know, like drinking some beers. No, not no, later. No, 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 no. So what were you listening to? What music? Who was your uh, guy? You know, again, like whatever the most intense stuff, whether it was death metal or, you know, crazy jazz or just pure noise. Crazy or, jazz, like what, John Zorn? Or, yeah, or, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, Naked yeah, City. Naked City, and, like, and, and, It's just like, and I was yeah. like, this is the shit. Eisenstadt and Newbarton. Eisenstadt and Neubarton, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Albert Eiler, of course, and, you know, later Eric Coltrane. That's a funny thing. You know, Wynton Marcellus. Did you do the, Frith, the Fred Frith, Brian Eno Matrix? I like all that. Yeah, the Kraut Rock. And, you know, I like all music. Yeah. I, I, there really is not a Throbbing kind of music. Gristle. <sighs> That's the best. Is it? That is the best. Tell me why. Have you listened to it? Sure, I try. Okay, well, you know, do you like. Can- How about, do you like Can? I do. Hmm. Do you like cantaloupe? What the melon? Yeah, sure. Have okay. I had some? I, I hey, my wife doesn't like cantaloupe. So I don't understand that. That and that's how I don't understand how you can't like throbbing gristle. You know what? Listen to Hamburger Lady. I'm writing it down. That's a later song by them on an album called Heathen Earth. You know they do have a few albums. Like I get can. You yeah, know, they got I, good grooves. Yeah, they got good grooves, and you know they're sort of the the the, the kind of front line of that industrial thing, right? Uh, well, yeah, pre Eisenstadt and Newburton. Well, throbbing gristle, they invented that. They invented the uh, industrial thing, more or less. You yeah. know, it's all coming off of, and in, in, in my opinion, you know, if you trace it back to what people refer to as "quote unquote" art rock. Sure. You know, you're going back to Roxy Music and you're going back to, uh, you know, Bauhaus, of course, but you're going back to Velvet, Velvet, Velvet Underground, you know. Velvet Underground, sure. Yeah, Velvet Underground is probably what most people would consider the first art rock band, but there's also the Monks. What, what the, what the, the monks. crying cello of John Cale. This is a, 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 <laughs> <laughs> if, if it doesn't sound good, that's how you know it's good. Yeah. Well, I mean, but it's interesting because, uh, well, at least your well, a lot of your records are pretty, you know, straight up. They're almost they're, they they kind of run the gamut of of celebratory hard rock. Yes, I mean, there's like there's even a bit of Queen in you. I think, you know, own it. I'm a bit effeminate. I, I no, I, I don't mean that. I mean the band. Oh, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, I took it as a compliment either way. So uh, thank you. Yeah, no, great bands uh, all the way through. The thing about Queen, and I was just telling my wife this, they were playing, uh, you know, we're staying at this hotel and they have a nice pool as so many of the hotels here do, Mm. which is always refreshing. Again, coming from New York where I don't think I've ever been in a pool in New York City. There are some out there. And they're playing you some got, music. You gotta go out to Queens and swim so. with the filthy people. Well, you just, you know, fill up the bathtub. And I'm not saying that in any other way <laughs> other than people bring their children <laughs> from apartment buildings and put them in a public pool. Like, this is great. We kill two birds with one stone. We don't yeah. have to give Bobby a bath. Tonight. Yeah, and throw her in the pool. That's all. And he doesn't have to go to use the bathroom. Yeah. You can just do it right there. Exactly. Uh, with every other kid in Queens. They were playing that, uh, you know, Another One Bites the Dust. And, yeah. and I said, you know, there's so many Queen songs. Yeah. There's so many amazing, some of the best music ever made. Yeah. And I like that song. Yep. But I would rather just listen to Good Times by mm-hmm. Chic. Mm-hmm. So why, you know, the songs that have become so popular for them, and this happens with a lot of groups, it's not always their best. And that's what I always try to encourage people. You know, go listen to, uh, you know, uh, 
I don't know, Flash. Yeah. That one's exciting. Really? Flash. Ah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Save everything. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Triumphant, really yeah. thrilling. Well, like, so so many of your songs are very triumphant, dude. That's the feeling I want to get. I want to, the the feeling of the music to be like you're standing on top of a mountain that you didn't even have to climb, and somehow you just appeared there. And the sun, well, so it, like you turn on the song, and it's like, <laughs> what the fuck? How did I get up I'm here? I'm on a mountain. <laughs> you got your hands, yeah, over your head, and you just say, like, you know what? No matter what else has ever happened or ever will happen, this fucking rules. That's yeah. the feeling I want to have. ACDC. Oh, you know, love them, right? Not it's not only one of the greatest, you know, how fucking good is rock group? bands? I every think god guitar player. I mean, and, it's amazing to me that he's not always number one on those lists. It's and me too. Very right? bizarre to me. I went and bought that fucking Rolling Stone with the hundred greatest. Yeah, that's he, what I'm talking about. Yeah, he keeps climbing though, and and it's like in my mind, it's like no one has brought the blues to fucking hard rock like that dude. Not and to he's mention so fucking steady man. The performance. No, not absolutely. To even start no, absolutely. going into yeah, but the fact. even but the thing is, is like like I don't even picture him playing when I hear him playing. Right. But those fucking riffs are so solid. They're not flashy. There's no noodle they're fucking the the timing he's got got goddamn albert king phrasing man it's the sound of joy oh it's the best it is the best when i was in I've college me and my buddy used to do these things where we get uh, a 40 and then we get in the car okay. and we put on acdc and we drive until the 40s gone we call it <laughs> the acdc cruise well, that we wouldn't did. take that long if you're sharing it no no two we got two oh, okay and good. we we had we had cassette tape so we go and it was oh. like the best stuff i fucking listen to them now who do you listen to now like driving up here i mean oh uh on the drive there's this amazing song it's called blow your whistle yeah now there's a new song right now by uh flow rider who i also really like called yeah. blow my whistle but this is this is an older song and i was trying to remember the name of the artist yeah um, if you could look it up there maybe you could help me or i could do it on my my thing here i can do it it goes it's a funk song yeah it's a funk song um and it's one of the greatest songs i've i mean the, 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 just thinking about the song just like now yeah you got the rush you yeah got the we buzz. can tell just talking about acdc yeah, yeah it makes you feel better in your body i'm not talking about mood i'm not talking about ideas i'm talking about the way it feels to live in your body it's the feeling of being happy i mean and and, and acdc i was telling my friend about this who also loves them it's not just one of the greatest rock bands. It's not just, you know, discounting all the idea, which is a bit silly, of genre. So it's not only just the greatest music. It's yeah. one of the greatest things that humans be, have ever done. What, ACDC? Yeah. Oh, no, there's no doubt. And I'm and, saying, and, like, with Landing on the Moon and everything else. What, what's interesting about them is that, you know, they're, and what's interesting to me about you and is that you seem to be embraced by 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 a a a, a group of people mm. that I wouldn't necessarily call party animals. I mean, you have a lot of nerd credibility somehow. Is that good? No, it's fine. Okay. It's good. Yeah. No, no, no. It's good because, like, oh. when I listen to your music, like the one thing that that you you know you don't there's not you're not an evil guy. There's not you're not menacing. Uh, you know, there's oh. a, there, there. Well, I mean, you're menacing no, no, in a good way. No, 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 no. I'm no, there, there's a sort of celebratory tone to it, almost right, like right, the Ramones. Right. You know, of course, yeah, like there's sort of like we're let's go, it's cheerful. Yeah, is that all right? Uh, please. But you know, sometimes with ACDC, you're at the edge of some sort of menace. Oh, that's true. That's and, true. And and that like the the thing I hate when people condescend ACDC. Like people like the the lyrics are so simple and so filthy <laughs> and so base. I know, and but so even it's great. It's fucking real rock and roll, to, man. When someone says stuff like that, and I've, I, you know, unfortunately, I've had a few conversations with people that would say this. And this is you know, again, everyone's allowed to think whatever they want. Just, sure. 
if you have certain ideas, I just don't really want to have that conversation. When someone says something like that, oh, well, you know, like the three chords or what, what planet else are you on? Yeah. Like what, how do you wake up in the morning and go, go out into the world thinking that kind of thought? I mean, it's so far removed from what I want life to be like that it's almost terrifying. It's mind-blowing. Yeah. So in that way, it's a bit inspiring. Yeah, it's like I say death to snark. <laughs> Fuck snarky. You know, well, you because- know, snark, it, all snark is, is distancing yourself from no, it's, life. No, it's, it's uh, intellectualized apathy. It's pr- 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 protecting yourself by building up, uh, yeah, like you said, an apathy, uh, a willingness, or almost a, a conscious, aggressive effort to not care. Yeah, an elaborate apathy. There you go. That, uh, that functions as a shield. But it can be very funny. So hopefully that that you know. If, yeah, if, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But well, I the, laugh uh, at though. I, I I love crabby. Uh, you know, funny people. Yeah. Were, uh, who were you on uh, Attack of the Show with? Michael Ian Black. Oh no, <laughs> I wish he's pretty funny. Yeah. yeah he, uh, he is crabby. I guess I wouldn't have thought about. It. He's likable. That's the, what's amazing. You know, yeah. if you can be that crabby and still be. Yeah. Likeable. There's nothing better than a likable <laughs> cranky guy. It is funny. Yeah, that's yeah. What that New York tradition. Of, I'm, I'm uh, hoping I'm evolving into that. Well, I think you're well on your way. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And that I mean that in a, as a compliment. So you, uh, where'd you grow up? Uh, Ann Arbor. So, oh, but you were you're too young to fucking you know jump on the legacy of that city musically, aren't you? What Please. was going on there uh, when you were freaky, there? I mean, freaky, freaky stuff. Well, you know, the, the great tradition beyond uh, you know the legendary rockers like MC Five and the Iggy Stooges, Pop and Mitch Ryder and Detroit Wheels, Bob Seger, the Nuge, and uh, I think also Grand Funk Railroad. Oh, really? I think they are. Uh, also we're an American Detroit. band, man. Uh, Alice Cooper. Oh, Spent a lot shit, of good time yeah, there. Yeah. Also, uh, George Clinton and, and Parliament Funkadelic, although they weren't formed there. But they Cooper, up, is he one of your guys? You know, I haven't met him yet. Um, I, 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 but do I, you have his records? Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah, I got to oh, tell yeah, you, yeah. the first time I was Especially introduced to you, ones. your first album, uh-huh. was all, my ex-wife was all up into the shit of that record. Like what, your my record? Yeah, the first is record. Is that why you guys split uh, up? Yeah, oh, I'm yeah, sorry, Mark. yeah. It's just like so I could sorry. not look at your bloody face <laughs> oh anymore god. on my fucking dashboard. Oh my god! Well, she which wouldn't one? shut up about it. What, yeah, what's that uh, called? I'm wet. Is that the first something one? Something like that. Yeah. Come on, I get wet. I get wet. Yeah, yeah. She fucking loved it. She played it for me. I'm like, I get it. He likes to party. This guy. You're like, isn't that a little simple? Can I? Could you not play any more of this fucking guy's music? The lyrics are so simple. Yeah, it's like, okay, everyone have a good time. Come on, where's the darkness? That's why they say people don't like math. They're like, two and two is four. So what? It's so simple. Yeah, lock it down. <laughs> Let's complicate It's just this. numbers. Oh, but when you were growing up, I mean, were you like... Uh, it, what, what, I didn't what, like any of that stuff. What was rock and roll to you? I mean, how did you evolve into this fucking monster? Well, I, you know, I started with piano lessons. So I, I, I from before I ever heard and I didn't have an older sibling. This is also oh, so no one. No one spoon fed you what That's was right. right in music, or spoon fed me anything. Um, I You're was an only child. No, I have a younger brother. Do you know him? Um, what's his name again? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, Patrick. We grew up together. I have two older uh, stepsisters. Yeah, but they were too old. Like they already moved out of the house and all right. that. So uh, it wasn't until you know middle school, junior high school, uh, and and then high school when I actually got exposed. Like met, met older kids that. Yeah had life experience that I didn't have. Yeah. And boy, that was just, uh, once I found out what was out there, coming from piano lessons, which was very traditional scales and- Do you remember the first dude that blew your mind musically where you're like, oh, that dude knows. You know, like, like, cause like, I know when you answer that- I yeah. do. I do. Who I do. was that? Um, well, I had a friend named Jaime uh, yeah. who played trombone in the jazz band in high school. Oh, yeah. And he took me to the local record store. My high school, it's called Community High School in yeah. Ann Arbor, and it was right downtown. Yeah. And very liberal. Like, yeah. Too liberal. Right. You could 
go away from school. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay, she, take a break. It, yeah, it really was. A class. I got to go. I'm just not feeling it. And, and it's true. And the teacher's <laughs> like, all right. It, it was like, you know, progressive. Sure. So Ann Arbor. We it, call that ditching at my high school. Right, exactly. You, you get in trouble. I mean. But the, not you. This city with their hash bash. And it, it's the most hippie. I mean, there's really few other places. San Francisco, Ann Arbor. I haven't been to Ann Arbor in a long time. I used to do a club there. I used to love that town. What club would you go to? Uh, Main Street Comedy Club. Okay, I, yeah. that's still there. Yeah. I think. I mean, I, I think it's there. called something else. But yeah, it's like a dark fucking it's low called, ceiling. Like, Jokers now, or yeah, maybe something. the Laugh Room. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> something they, like that. Why do they call, now you know this, why do they make the names like that? Why? You know, it's, it's the same as like a, a hamburger joint. Well, they, there was a there was an idea, I think, in the 80s when the comedy boom happened that they wanted to make clear what was happening inside, you know? Yucky, yuck it up, chuckles, laughs, you know, giggles. You know, yeah, they just wanted to make it clear that what happened, this is what we're expecting of you. Like a restaurant, food house. Yeah, exactly. Meal, yeah. meal place. Well, they, I think just the word restaurant. <laughs> You know what I mean? They should have just done that. It's like steak restaurant, this restaurant, that. Well, it was like Giggles Comedy Club. <laughs> oh, wait, what were we talking about? Jaime. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, he took me to this record store that we could walk to from high school. And the the cashier, the guy, the, you know, the attendant that worked there. Yeah. He became like my first mentor, like a proper mentor. That's the fucking right one to have, man. That's what you need. Back in the day, you got a record store guy. You need a mentor. Knows everything. He... You know, and I would go to every day. And they had seven inches, of course, and we had CDs and they had LPs, new, old, used. It's called School Kids Records. Yeah. And uh, he worked in their sort of the side wing of the store where they had the, the weird, quote unquote. So music. he was like a fucking a cave genius. One day he's like, here, you should check out this, Captain Beefheart. Here, you should check out this, Einzers and Annoybound. Here, you should check out this, it's called Hijo Kaidan. Here, you should check out this, called CCCC. And then he will, oh, and here's my band. Oh, yeah. And but he waited. Good for him. He did. He was he was classy. <laughs> he wanted to he wanted to give you some groundwork. He didn't want to embarrass himself. He wanted to lay the uh, what yeah. do you call it? You know, the, set the table, the foundation. Yeah, yeah, in case I didn't like it. Right. Uh, and then when he gave me his record, um, and the band was called Couch. Yeah. Uh, and this gentleman's name is uh, Jim Magus, who still performs under the name Marlon Magus. Uh huh. And uh, you know he changed he changed my life forever. He yeah, really I mean, could have gone either way, dude. I mean, you know, it's like Man. you're coming right out of fucking piano lessons. Who the hell knows how you could end it up? It's a, but it, you know, there's that feeling, and I'm sure you've had this too, especially living out here and working in you know entertainment. When destiny, it's not so much like you know what you're going to do, but you get these glimpses. I mean, you know, you have your passion, you have your likes. I feel like you get these previews. Yeah. And when you really like something, yeah, it's not that you like it and you're discovering. It's your own destiny saying, "Hey, this yeah. is what you're going to be doing. So get ready." Right. Well, that's interesting. So you felt that? Oh yeah. Yeah, because like I, you know, I got music, I got guitars around. I play my stinky I blues. That. I get a beautiful Gibson acoustic right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I, I, like I wanted to be music, but it wasn't going to be music. But I always felt that it was part of my life. But I mean, I'm a guy that like, all right, there's my destiny. Well, I appreciate that, but I'm going to take a left. Oh, you subverted your own destiny. Sure, dude. Oh, wow. yeah, I am a destiny subverter. <laughs> this is a more advanced uh, version. You know, you you are. A little bit older than me, yeah, I think, right? 48. Okay, I'm 33. I, I used to be younger. Yeah. Which was, you know, that was... I, you know, it happens to everybody, dude. Yeah. You're going to have to fucking... You're just going to have to deal with it. You're going to have to slow down, man. You're going to have to Wait, pace you yourself. What? Because I'm going to get older? You're going to get older and you uh, might want to pace yourself. Fuck. Just so you're a little... You know, you don't want to be... You don't want to get old too quick. Yeah. Yeah. Please. You well, I used to want to get older. Sure. You know, and no, then, you're, you're right on the cusp right now. So the people, you know, I always heard people say this. My grandmother was like, oh, it used to be so great to be young and... 
I thought, well, look, you have, a, you know, a, like $30 in your wallet. Yeah. I had, you know, 50 cents on, you know, the top of my dresser drawer. Yeah. yeah. So I thought being older was cool because you could buy more gum or, uh, yeah. you know, candy or a piece of bread or whatever. And have a little left over. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. For a movie or something. Or a pinball. Yeah. But subverting destiny, following your heart. So when you were, when you were tapped into like, you know, like when you first heard like Trout, ha- Trout Mask Replica or whatever. And you you heard the freedom there because all those bands like that particular world of, of of music is is sort of like this is what I'm doing go fuck yourself you know get on board or don't no hooks <laughs> yeah, here that's very, yeah, very uh, confrontational right that's what they would say the first thing actually was a uh, well it's more it's more sort of like it, either you're going to listen to it and be like where does this come from why is this happening you're going to be like ugh turn that off am I going to be like this forever right but if you're enchanted by that shit then then you're walking into the doors of freedom (laughs) it's really true there's just a guy plinking on the inside of a piano over there and this guy's playing a rock and he's allowed to do it yeah I mean knock yourself out that's I mean again and that it made me not depressed and I like a lot of people have really struggled with you know bad feelings and uh when I saw Captain Beefheart on a VHS tape, again, the same guy from the record store, Jim Magus, he gave me a VHS tape copy of uh, Captain Beefheart's performance on Saturday Night Live. I remember that which kind is, of. It's, it's, not, uh, it's hard to find. Was he wearing a trench coat? Uh, and a hat, maybe? He was definitely no. wearing a hat. He had a scarf. He played uh, Ashtray Hart and a hothead. Uh-huh. And uh, his performance, the band, the sound, I just, you know, how can you ever look back once you've, encounter that and had it feel your soul like that you know? i remember the i remember when the, my freshman year of college i had a little black and white tv that was sitting uh, you know, on top of a shitty dresser in the dorm and we were watching Classic. saturday night live right and william burroughs came on holy smokes. and and i'd never heard of him i'd never seen any of it who was he playing with he wasn't playing anything he was reading from wow. naked lunch oh my goodness and he just sat there like dr benway <laughs> doctor and i'm like where did what is this person and you'd never seen him before. No, and I would, oh, had wow. no knowledge of the beats. I was like 18 or 19 years old, and it was like, what the fuck is that? And, and initially, I thought, is that the guy who wrote Tarzan? You know, I thought it was William Coleman. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that's what, <laughs> like, I, I think his name was Burroughs, too. It and is. It, yeah. <laughs> and, like, you know, I'm like, I, this guy who wrote Tarzan's got something else going on. <laughs> You know, and then I had to go fucking look him up, and I was uh, punched in the head. And I had a guy like that, Steve LaRue, who would play- A mentor. Well, I've had a couple over okay, my life. Right. I was you hope speaking. to have as many as you can. You know? Well, I was fortunate in that my dad was relatively absent. And when your dad's relatively absent, you're like, are you my dad? You'd seem interesting. So you got to pick the right dudes. Right, I feel for you. Yeah. and uh, But there was a guy who worked in a record store right. who played in a band that only played twice a year. Yeah. They, wore, they wore surgical scrubs, and they broke pop. <laughs> during the performance and you know they on stage they had a an i they borrowed my brother's ibanez les paul copy for a, for the performance okay and all they needed it for was to tape baby doll parts to and hit it with a drumstick you know there's something that's so amazing i think like uh jungle yeah, I mean, red they were called what do you what do you do uh, i play in this band jungle red what, what, what kind of music you know we break pottery um, yeah that's sort of our thing uh but yeah we also got a guitar we don't, you know, use it, but we got the baby doll parts on it. Yeah. You notice how baby doll parts? Yeah, they either, come up a lot. It's there's something. Yeah. It's like that's the archetypal freaky art. 
Well, well, I think it makes sense because there's there's a moment you, you, they, at some point in your childhood, yeah, depending on where you land with theories, at some point it went terribly wrong. You break apart <laughs> yeah, the doll, yeah. right? Well, yeah, you know, so, you know something happens, and you, you're never going to get back to whatever that doll what represented before it was broken apart. End of innocence, right? right. And right. you know, there's some party that wants to strive to that clarity again. I mean, that's the the full circle thing. There you go, right? Yeah, you're right. We but, figured it out. But he, uh, but the the fucking ironic thing about uh, Jungle Red was that the art rock crew uh, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Oh, that's a great place. Sure. Uh, that's where I grew up. But, oh, you know, nice. you know, art rock, that scene, you know, it's it's a mixed bag of of, of gay guys and, and you know what I mean? And, and, <laughs> and drag queens. Wild and, scene. Right. It's wild, but depending on how big it is, if it's very small, it's not so wild because there's, there's a lot of weight on each individual personality to carry the load. For, I know. It's a for, lot of work to yeah. keep that going. Exactly. It'll stop immediately because no one wants it to exist. That's the problem. Exactly. Exactly. Because, <laughs> you know, if they take one close look at themselves, to realize how much bullshit they're putting on <laughs> and you know the town of albuquerque saying we've got to figure out a way to stop this yeah no, well they, no there's a college there i'm and just kidding no, no no yeah but but that's what that's what makes them they think that's there it's like we, we have to stand up for this he has to be able to have that baby arm on there but <laughs> but but the thing was is like most of this crew was pretty gay and the pottery he was breaking was fiesta wear vintage fiesta wear oh, that wow. he had collected so it was a real fuck you to uh to this whole situation like american like standard american right culture, mccoy like pop well, culture. Well, well i think that mccoy original mccoy stuff was a pretty standard um gay collectible okay. that fiesta wear early on like was bakelite a, or something yeah well yeah it was like uh you, you know it was a collectible it was right. an antique and it was like but oh when it was my designed, god it was supposed to be very pedestrian no right right okay. absolutely like rubber but, tupperware or something. sure but you know it, from the and it's it's very old but the, just like everything he'd break you just hear the sort of like faint kind of whimpers <laughs> of these gay men going oh no oh, that's so you great. <laughs> and then, that's what it's all about man <laughs> I, i'm you, that that sounds like one of the greatest things you could ever see Oh, man, I'll never forget any of these moments. And the longer I live, which is... What, the beef heart moment or, or what? All of them. Like, all what's them. some other ones? I'm thinking, you know, I had a friend, uh, you know, Dirty Tony, they called yeah. him, who lived in a basement with a ferret. Um, yeah. And uh, he, you know, put on some of the most amazing performances I've ever seen. And when you're, I don't know, you're 17, 16 and seeing that there and he's your friend, it's, I, I was in heaven. But you sort of think maybe like 30 years from now, will I really think this was that great? It's even greater. What was it? Well, he was lying on his stomach with his feet kicked up in the air. You know that, like when I feel like it's a '50s thing, um, like Pat Boone. Let's like when a girl. Oh, a oh right, like skirt, going on the bed with her hand, yeah, like cradling like a, uh, the his phone hand. and with the right, right, yeah, 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 yeah. But he wasn't doing it in like a, a was he on a bed way. or is he on? A no, he's on the stage. Yeah, um, uh, and he had a, a, an effects pedal that he made out of a uh, a sock. Yeah. Um, which was mind blowing unto itself. I don't really know. He was very good at uh, wiring stuff and yeah. sort of taking uh, you know old keyboards and breaking them apart and putting it back together. Right. Um, he ended up doing a, a, a project called Maximum Cloud and another one called Mini Systems. And for very uh, deep in the know folks, uh, he was one of the early members of a same kind of scene that the band Wolf Eyes yeah. came out of. Um, but anyway, he was playing this show and and, and he literally was playing. Yeah. And uh, I was thinking about this earlier today about when you play an instrument, yeah. you think like I'm manipulating the instrument that's right. playing, but you're actually playing, yeah. like playing a game, yeah. like playing with a ball, right. like playing with an animal. Yeah. And he had, I think that was the best example I've ever seen of someone fusing playing music and actually playing. He was going with flying. the sock, yeah, the sock and the and his, what was in his hands. 
like he had a, a small toy, I think like a one of those clear guns that makes noise. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Pew, 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 yeah, pew, yeah, pew. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sparks or no sparks? No, no sparks, but I know those as well. Yeah, they yeah, smell yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that burning. Uh, yeah, gunpowder. Yeah. yeah. Chinatown memories mm-hmm. with that. But it was it, it, it was so vulnerable, you know, and so open, um, and and just making such an idiot out of himself. No, no instruments that we could identify. No, not just a, the noise sounds, sock. Sounds the sock effects pedal, and him going, and it wasn't like a concept like I'm going to play. Yeah, yeah. It was unfolding and revealing itself to you that that's what he was doing. And, yeah. You know, this guy uh, that that changed my life again. There's been you hope to have you know a few of those, but to, I feel very spoiled that I've had. I'd say at this point hundreds. Of of those mind bending, life changing experiences, and that was one of them. And I'm having one right now with you. Good. I, I feel like I should be doing something more, <laughs> more, more. Him. Yeah, that's, you know, it's effortless. Yeah. It's a, you, I feel you, like I should be. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think. You know, like the jung, the jungle red experience was pretty was pretty powerful it, for me. It, it sounds very similar in, in spirit to what I'm talking about too. And, and I wish that for everybody on this earth, where whether, you walk into a different time zone and you're open to it and you don't condescend it. That that's yeah, a tricky thing. That is. That's the open-mindedness, right, right? But that's a tricky thing, man. You, you know, I mean, it seems like you were wired pretty well for it uh, early on. But, you know, it, as I get older and having been through some of those experiences, having seen the the creative spirit and all these different manifestations and also, you know, sort of being victim to the commercialization of that spirit, yes. you, you don't realize how deep the mind fuck of that is when you're watching something. You're like, well, this is great. What's he going to do with it? Right. He's doing it. Right, right. You know, so there's that point of judgment. And then there's also that fine line of, of of uh, performance pieces right and and ridiculousness like like there that sounds like that guy was very aware that you know he was his vulnerability was, was sort of based in a kind of ridiculousness but yeah, the thing is that's the thing it's easy to think that now with my description i don't think he was like I, he was so purely in what he was doing yet of course there was awareness he's a genius but he's also kind of a crazy guy like he truly from his own personal experiences and the way he lives like i would say he's he's been struggling it's just you know when some just the idea that he would even choose to spend the time of his life doing something like that like yeah. laying on his stomach on a stage out of all the things in the whole world that a person could do i think the effect socks the, the effect socks <laughs> that's pretty big it was and it worked yeah it was with me up uh, you know clear packing tape wrapped around a, a sock i remember the sock was sort of one of those theme socks like had palm trees on it it wasn't just like a regular white sock yeah so it was a special sock on top of that and i think if you hit it it just it, it sort of broke a signal or started the signal again or, or squelched it it was all sort of a chaotic embracing uh chaos in, in terms of audio and tony miller uh or tony Connolly, as he prefers to be called now i hope uh someone if you're not listening to this i hope someone tells you because you know you're the best life changer for real yeah not just for me for a lot of a lot of people i remember like shortly before i met steve in the jungle red crew when i was in high school i was in a band but not really i think we knew three songs (laughs) you know and i think they were like you know some shitty version of a sweet emotion okay and uh, a fairly you know chopped up version of tush oh these are good songs no they're great songs but we just butchered them yeah And That's we did, okay. and and this and we weren't really into it, but we were asked to play at a party, so we swept all this equipment to the party. And our bass player, who was this goofy dude who wore a floppy hat and just was a sweet guy, he couldn't make it. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't make it. So my buddy Dave knew some other guy named Monty, 
who uh, who he said played bass, and he could come. So this guy Monty plays up. We're, and we, he, we've never played with him. We don't know him. In New Mexico still. Yeah. Okay. And this dude shows up. He looks tired. Like, he had bags under his eyes of an old man. How old he, is he? He was, he was under 20. He was in, We were in high school. He must have been 16 or 17. Okay. And, and, and then it's revealed that, you know, he's smoking, and he's like, he's on acid. Wow. And, you know, that was not in our wheelhouse at that time. Okay. So this dude shows up on acid, and he's got this bass amp, and he's got this other box. We don't know what the fuck it is. So <laughs> A we box. Got, yeah, so we noodle through our two songs, then we, you know, go get some beers and try to get fucked. Right. Or whatever I did back then. A lot of dry balling. Have some fun. Right, sure. Party. <laughs> wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. Dry balling. Uh, dry humping, you know, just grinding somewhere, you know, in a corner, like rubbing up, you know, with someone else or just with the bottle? No, with, the, with someone else. Oh, so okay, I go find oh, a girl. Okay, okay. All I'm trying to say in cryptic way was that I was not fucking yet. Okay, I understand. I was doing everything I could. I respect, and it that. was messy. I okay, so, okay. Right. So we take the break, and then all of a sudden, you know, with the parties going on, then all of a sudden there, there's this eruption. Like you know, like it's fucking like looping, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and it's fucking Monty, and he's like he is taking the stage by himself with this fucking effects box on acid, and there's just fucking bass roar like bouncing all over the place. He's looping shit, and the entire party just stops, and it's like what the fuck is he, happening he opened a wormhole oh he certainly did oh my goodness and it's one of those wormholes like you know <laughs> when he closed the wormhole there's nothing you can say to him other than like what you, you just look at him and you're like are, are you done what you don't you don't even know what to say like he gets it's off beyond criticism right no one can beyond say comment no one could say anything and this is like a fucking towny party at someone's house where <laughs> the Albuquerque. parents were out of town wow it was you, you were kept you were kept from speech you were oh, speechless. Yeah. No speech. Yeah. You know, you, 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 I imagine the first instinct of that crew was like, what the, who's this freak? And then it was sort of like, what is happening? And then you just got to sit there in awe and wonder if he there's did any. did it, man. Yeah. Oh, he, he broke did it. through. Oh, that's huge. And, you know, I hope it'll be great. Not that we could track these people down, but yeah. I bet there's other people there that remember that. I Beyond, don't know, you know man. Uh, I don't know. How could you block that out? I, You know, it was just like one of those fucking things where it was like, I don't know what happened to that guy. We never played with him again. <laughs> we never practiced again. I'm not sure where he came you know, from. You should try to track him down. Maybe. Maybe I will. Maybe he still, maybe he got sucked into that wormhole and never came back again. That's completely possible. That I, was like I, the greatest thing he ever could do, that, ever would do. I think that happens. He, he left on a high note. Yep. Wow. Yep. It, like I, the saddest thing about those stories is like even like my guitar teacher from high school is that eventually you know they're good people but you know the dream was the dream right and then you run into them twenty years later you're like you're still playing no nah, not really <laughs> you know I don't understand that I don't understand that and this is not a, as a disrespect um, I admit that my lack of understanding comes from you know one being very fortunate but two maybe some kind of ignorance but when I learned music it was because I it's the joy of music. People say, like, how do you become a successful musician? Yeah. I say, well, do you play your instrument? And they say, yeah. And I say, do you enjoy it? Then I, and they say, yeah. I said, then you're a successful musician. Right. Now, if you're talking no, about- No, man, I mean, like, be on a record. Oh, well, then you're going to be a businessman. Uh, or then you're going to be, a, you know, yeah. an entertainer. Or you're right. going to work in the, you know, show business. Those are all very different things. But you were aware of that at some point. I never wanted to do music as a business until, you know, way later. That's why I was saying earlier, you know, when I moved to New York, uh, initially I wasn't going to go into like fashion design or painting or, you know, science. Do you do those things? Um, well, as you can tell, I'm extraordinarily advanced with fashion and style. I think my clothes uh, speak for themselves in that regard. Um, Did you make them? 
No. All right. So. Uh, Levi's made them mm-hmm. uh, and Fruit of the Loom. But there was a point where you were like fashion design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was working uh, in New York when I first moved, uh, moved there. My, my first job was at a, a place called Comme des Garçons. Mm-hmm. It, I can't try to say the French pronunciation. Yeah. So. But, uh, you know, it's actually the, f- the funniest thing uh, is that it's a Japanese clothing company. Yeah. And, uh, you know, here again, this was the clothing equivalent of what we've been talking about. This was the first designer, Ray Kawakubo, the first fashion designer to ever send models out on the runway, basically wearing rags. Yeah. Uh, I think John Waters in uh, his Pecker yeah. movie yeah. made reference to them uh-huh. um, sort of in an offhanded way. Didn't say their name, but uh, all the people from New York came to this small town and they're wearing like the most crazy, ridiculous yeah, yeah. clothes. It looked like, like, like rags. Right. And I thought this is I got to get into this again. There's yeah. a it's a wormhole thing. Just you like know. You, like where where I I think you seem to have a, a fairly deep appreciation for people who throw the time zone off. I don't want to be. I want linear time is probably my least favorite. Right where where there's such a confusion in the room that it, it's elating. You know I don't remember when something happened, but I do remember that it happened. Right. That's and that's how I want. I want to. I want a spiral of time, not from left to right linear. I want a spiral. And, yeah, uh, I feel. I feel pretty spiraled right now. Yeah, I like it to jump around a bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pop over to here, <laughs> pop yeah, back yeah. there. Sure. Have you noticed this? I've been having dreams. Yeah, I haven't where, noticed them. Uh, no, not my dreams. No. Where? Oh, uh, it's not that the dream. Several days later. Yeah. A very trivial memory will pop into my head. Sure. About like, like washing the, the wall in the bedroom. Right. Which Did I, I would do never that? Have right. Done. Yeah, sure. And then I realized it must have been a dream. Right. Right. Or it's a false memory or something. No, that happens to me where like there are those dreams where you, you wake up guilty. Like, you know, like, like if you what dream. Do? Right. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I'll never forget that dream where like somehow or another I, I didn't see the act, but somehow me and my friends had killed the dude. I, oh, that's I don't, classic. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if it was an accident or not. Carl Young. I yeah, mean, these are archetypal. Yeah, I've had that dream too, and the guilt. But you don't remember the details, just the guilt. Well, not now. I okay. remember waking up in that waking consciousness, going, oh, "I'm in trouble, man." It's dark. I'm in trouble. Oh. In that battle of conscience of not, trying to, yeah, yeah, you know, like it's a good feeling in life, but not in the moment. I mean, it's very upsetting. No, yeah, of course, but sometimes, Deeply. but the the thing you're talking about, where like, or even the day after the dream, like you wake up that morning. And you're like, oh, what the fuck I dream about? And then later in your day, you're just sort of like, oh my God. <laughs> and you get it's that true. flash of it. It's and true. you're like, I did that to that person. The and- brain doesn't know the difference. No, I it, know. It really does. You have to tell, you use the brain to tell the brain that it wasn't real. And I think that like some of the music you're talking about kind of breaks that boundary down. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, you know, like, you know, like well, would, how come, like on some level, so how do you get from, from this, uh, you know, from, from this appreciation of the uh, of the anarchists and the geniuses and the poets, like you know, where how did you build yourself into that uh, into what you became? Well, I, I, first I can't compete with them. You know, they've already done it. They've done a very good job of all that they've done, and that's just sort of you know what I do for my own interest. But my work that I do as Andrew WK just you know, has nothing to do with my own taste or you know hobbies or interests and things like that. Why is that? Um, I guess just with the agreements that I made and the choices I made early on and, and it's not like I don't, I, it's, it's my, well, my what dream those, come true. Well, what are those agreements? So, I mean, what, what was, I mean, you probably talked about it before and I apologize. No, 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 I don't. It's, it's the most trivial unimportant stuff. It's just contracts and business, things like that. But what, what I'm what, saying is that you don't need if when you know what you were meant to do and you signed up to do it and you know what it takes and what you've agreed to in order to achieve that. 
you don't have to uh, involve like. It's not that I have a separate life. I don't look at it as a job, but like the, a nine to five job. But but uh, that that is the business. Meaning though, if I like you know Captain Beefheart, yeah, I'm not going to try to make his song. No, no. But I'm just saying that in, in the spirit of of that. You, you know you chose to be to be inspirational and and create that you know delivery upon the mountain sound the triumph in your own way. yeah the triumph you know is different than like i don't know what that noise is <laughs> and, and, what's that awful noise why do they wait, do right. it why wait it's changing it's How changing can people listen to this yeah uh you know uh, I, well, I wrestled with it for a long time because yeah. I also, also, as I mentioned, into like, you know, punk and hardcore and especially grindcore and death metal. And uh, I remember very clearly uh, I was in Turkey, of all places, um, yeah. with my family in, in Istanbul. My dad has an old, uh, you know, sort of academic f friend that ended up moving there. And we went on a family trip and, and it was quite amazing, actually. Uh, at the time, I didn't like it as much because it took me away from all the other stuff. You know, <clears throat> I didn't like vacations still don't really like them uh it's hard to know what to do i'm like this is you know i'm working out of joy so yeah. just think i need a break from that um yeah. i've only recently begun to appreciate it because i like to uh you know to look around at stuff yeah uh, and you get great ideas sure so that's that that i appreciate that but most of the time i like to be active anyway so we're in turkey and there was this moment i remember there was a girl there was two beautiful daughters mm -hmm. first of all of my dad's friend and I had crushes on both of them. Right. One was uh, exceptionally beautiful, but too young. Yeah. And then the other one was 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 older and too smart. Yeah. But also very attractive. Yeah. And uh, you know, I how old were you? Uh, this was right before I moved to New York, so I just had turned eighteen. Yeah. I mean, literally two weeks after we got back and from this nothing, trip. There's nothing that makes you fester sexually more than a family vacation. Because like you know, like, um, because you're with your family, and you're like, I just got to go take a walk by myself, you know. And then you're right, because you don't. You, the, the next thing you knew, you're looking at your mom. Yeah, yeah, you got to watch that. <laughs> and yeah. We're on a boat. Yeah, I mean, in, it has cabins and bedrooms yeah, yeah. and whatnot. It's not a big yacht or anything. It's yeah. a small private sailboat. But yeah, yeah, what am I gonna do? Like go into the bathroom yeah, and then and think about my mom. And yeah, God yeah, forbid she walks. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's just you know what's off limits. Well, it's just also it's that freedom thing. It's like I'm fucking 18 now. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go hang out by myself for a while. Well, plus they're all wearing bikinis the whole time yeah. it's, a, it's a boat trip and it's all just, right so these two girls well, anyway so there was some flat right as the trip was ending I, I the older girl i had started talking with her more and we kind of had our you know late nights uh on top of the boat looking up at the stars and, and and discussing life and she was asking me about uh you know my interests which i don't normally were like you just to looking about. to get in there or what no it seemed kind of obvious that that wasn't going to happen and uh she kind of had bad skin at that time yeah. anyway so um yeah i think actually no i was probably still with my other girlfriend too my the one from girlfriend. high school yeah yeah let's get back to her oh she was <sighs> top butte yeah top butte and you know what she's now had a baby i don't think she married but she has a beautiful baby she looks exactly the same so i feel almost like proud in reverse yeah yeah like that right right you know I mean? right i was on top of that yeah and, and it went, it was, both literally and metaphorically <laughs> i feel like sometimes people think that uh you know, you you want them to look worse later. Like, oh well, look how they turned out. Yeah, yeah. I feel good that she looks. Yeah, you that got great. you got a good eye for talent. That's, That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we're we're about to leave this trip, and I was you know talking about you know music, and I'm about to move to New York, and this I could tell something big was going to happen. Yeah, you know, it had to if I'm going to be moving to New York. Yeah. So I was sort of preparing myself, but you weren't clear whether it was science or or fashion design I, or painting. I might even was thinking about going to NYU. Sure. Well, you that know. that makes more sense out of the three, unless you painted or you're a scientist. Yeah, that was the problem. Yeah. 
No, but uh, you know, I didn't know exactly, and, and, and I was still playing drums in this grindcore band uh, called Cathode. Yeah, and that's that fast. You know, yeah. like you can do that. Well, maybe not anymore. It was a lot of endurance. I was pretty good at the time, though. You know, you can find those songs on the. Computer. But you can play drums. Yes, uh, some you can play everything, right? Um, everything except clarinet, flute, cello, violin, accordion, harp, timpani, dulcimer. Uh, no, yeah, that one, no, not that one either. Uh, no, I, I can play, you know, whatever basic instruments I need to make this this rock music. Yeah, you know, right. Anyway, so. It dawned on me that I was going to have to give up playing grindcore drums if I was going to do. I said it's either going to be I'm going to be in this band. I was almost going to join the band Mortician. Yeah. Um, I auditioned for a band, uh, Great Cat, who's mm-hmm. the one of the fastest guitar players of all time, a woman, you know, which is very rare and mm-hmm. unfortunately in, in in metal. And then I decided, no, I just have to do the thing I was born to do, and it was very painful because. Uh, I thought, you know, all these great metal bands that I love, I'll never get the respect. They're never going to like this music because it's not, you know, it's major key or whatever. You know, it's not there. It's not that heavy. Yeah. But there was a very clear sense that but it's some, triumphant. You had to resign yourself to your destiny. And, okay. uh, you know, it was the best thing. Don't I ever subvert did. your destiny. No, you can. No, no, it's not a good idea. No, you can do it. Look, I, I think that what you're talking about is some example of uh, being a creative person and realizing your limitations and and pursuing what you you can the best you can do it with your talent. That's I think you said it very well, <laughs> and I feel very limited. So it was nice to find one thing. But you're but you're not that. that limited. I mean, you you know you've developed a, a theme and a tone and 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 what appears to be a character for yourself. Uh, hey now, what you see that sign? What that says applesauce? Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. It says applause. <laughs> Will you flash that once for me? You know what that is, right? <laughs> Now, remember, the better you do, the better Larry does. That's right. Okay, now he's giving me a sign, and that means we have five seconds. So everybody enjoy themselves. It's exciting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Three, two. No, 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 no. Um, I would like to hear... Uh, an, an Andrew WK, but not as Andrew WK, uh, uh, sound exploration album. Well, I've done it uh, as a younger child, and uh, that's very encouraging. And I do appreciate that because, uh, you know, you hope people want you to do whatever. But you did a classical record for the most part, right? No, I did the a piano, piano record. Uh, but that was, you know, that's sort of an exercise in humility because uh, I made it up as I went along, and it's quite embarrassing i listen to it again humility is important i like to be vulnerable i like that i think that's pretty much the best thing so it was okay but like uh but but the the celebration records the triumphant records. do you consider yourself uh, vulnerable absolutely yeah 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 i want that to be uh, you know underlying all that but i don't really you don't usually talk about that kind of stuff yeah um but i i'm why not because it's what you think it takes away from it no no i think people just you know get that on their own you know it's better to sometimes keep those things inside right yeah keep the magic magic or whatever you know but uh come on man i am working on uh you know a new rock album yeah and uh also uh your encouragement is very poignant and i, I really do sincerely appreciate it because i i am been working on some you know 
albums that maybe don't have drums or maybe don't have singing and things like that. So, but yeah, I mean, you're the exciting. guy to do it. I mean, it's like you, you know when when you talk about Beefheart, then you got to go back to Zapper and uh, and you know that's a dude that was like, this is the, this is the Zappa universe. Right. Go fuck yourself <laughs> or or get on board, and I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want to, and yes. and it's gonna involve some doo-wop shit. Yes. You no, know, he was. You know. Uh, <sighs> I guess there, I feel like there's a time and place for it all, and 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 the gods will continue to guide me, and you know, my managers, the people I work with here in you know this version of uh, reality will also guide me, and I'm patient. That's do you have thing. gods? Do you have them for real, or are you just saying well, that? guardian angels? However you want. Do you have it. them? Everybody. Does. Well, I do. Yeah. I mean, are you a spiritual cat? No, 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 no. Just, just, just more pragmatic. Okay, pragmatic and and willing to uh, mythologize. Hey. I can't discount the possibility of these things with the life that I've led. It just would be really, I feel like, disrespectful to the forces that, uh, you know, beyond myself and my mom and my dad, with all due respect to them, you know, and, and, and my mentors, there are other things at work. The, the, you know, last night we played this show where I could have died, you know, very Why? Easily. What happened? Just very chaotic and very violent. Any, you know, I could have broken bones or whatever, and that's happened. So knock on wood, any time that we get to do this, I think there's got to be something because i certainly wasn't protecting myself you know well what happened you know there's people going crazy and you know hanging from the ceiling and jumping on me and flying around I but fell were these and... people that understood you or misunderstood you no no they were nice they were yeah. there to see our our, our show and so they're having a good time oh yeah yeah no it's all always cheerful you know um, do you don't get a lot of dickheads no but th that's always good you know very fun entertainment as well I, yeah I, I, you know that's not the the point i'm not trying to make anybody feel any one way i'm just trying to make people feel right right that, right that's very basic now when when you were growing up was were you uh in some sort of struggle against sadness uh <clears throat> i mean it's like this yeah. triumph of reaction yeah 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 it was a way to cheer myself up first and foremost yeah because i could tell that certain kinds of experiences music whatever movie a book a thing they made me feel better about being alive, you know. Right. And well, I wanted to stay close to that feeling. Well, what was your what was your experience? Were you like, did you have the sadness? Did you have the sort of like, I'm different than everybody else? I mean, how did it manifest itself? Uh, you know, it's like most people. I'm sure that people say it's a common thing for, especially that age. You yeah. Know, like when you're a teenager, or whatever. Yeah. Just a lot of anger and yeah. uh, a lot of uh, real severe depression. Yeah, like uh, paralyzing, bedridden kind of shit, or. Yeah, pretty much. What'd you do? You, you didn't do no drugs? Not then, no, no. That was later. I, I couldn't have handled it back then. Holy cow. I had friends, of course, you know, yeah. that was playing in, in high school that were in my band Yeah, that would have their, you know, styrofoam uh, cup with the straw full of vodka all day long. Sure. It, it, it disturbed me, actually. Um, well, what were you doing to, to, like, you know, make it better outside of music? I mean, did you, were you I guess fucking just, busting yeah. out? No, yeah, masturbating and, 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 and you no know, my girlfriend. And, no, no, I didn't fight at all. And you weren't uh, breaking into shit and... No, I actually did a lot of crimes, but not a uh, violent crime. Just fucking off crime? No, vandalism, um, shoplifting. By yourself or with guys? A lot of it by myself. The mo most really? severe stuff. Yeah, but, you know, shoplifting, usually with friends, uh, you know, go to uh, Borders when it used to exist, sure. which was started in Ann Arbor. Right. Which is exciting. I just realized that. You know, you go in, you make a stack of books, you just walk the fuck out. Sure. I, you know, hundreds and hundreds. I stole thousands of thousands of dollars from every job I worked at. Yeah. Um, just for kicks or for the yeah shit? it was weird because I would uh, a lot of times like the money I would go and then just give to one of my friends or give to the homeless it was just guy for, it was for that feeling that juice 
No, it's because I wanted to say fuck. It was that anger. I was really had this just undirected animosity towards everything and everybody. Uh, just a lot of hatred and anger. And, and uh, you know, it was, I was finding ways to deal with it. I would go and... Uh, <clears throat> you know, steal $200 from the job and then on my dinner break where we could actually go and walk around the, the city because we were working downtown, you know, I go eat the fanciest restaurant and then steal all the silverware. It was just very, I, I don't know what I was thinking. Okay, it's embarrassing. No, it's not embarrassing. Were you ever able to, were you ever able to sort of track down the source of that shit? The anger? I mean, what, did you no. get to sit down with your folks? Like, you know, maybe you ought to... Oh, they sent... Well, <laughs> this is the funny thing. <laughs> uh, the, the worst trouble I got in was through mail fraud um, and check fraud and, and uh, forging baseball cards and, and things like that. How'd you do that? With Xerox machines? Uh, Dover Reprints. Uh-huh. You know about Dover Reprints? Uh-huh. Dover is a fantastic company that uses public domain artwork, old clip art, right. baseball cards. Yeah. So I was, you know, doing forging baseball cards by using their reprints and then aging them with tea and, you know, scuffing them up and all that stuff. And then, so you were in it. You, you know, were I like, was trying to find something to do at this yeah, point. Sure. Uh, this was creative. Little, it's creative. Thir- I guess so. Yeah. 13, 14, 15 yeah. years old. Um, and then it got more targeted where I would find someone that I had that anger towards. Yeah. And thought that I hate this person. Um, usually my friends and then, uh, uh, tr- try to harm them through, uh, sadness. So I would, uh, you know, like they might run a record label, little right. record label. Sort yeah. of. So I would, I would, I would make a fake check yeah. and that could take like six hours yeah. of meticulous, uh, computer work at that time it was very primitive computers. Um, you know, hand drawing, hand canceling the stamp to make it look like it was sent from Japan yeah. where inside there's a check for $60,000 to order, you know, a million copies of the new album, whatever. Right. And I just wanted them to, to, to try to go and cash it and then to realize it was fake and then just to be so sad. Yeah. Um, and I was confused by this. So my parents uh, sent me to uh, several child psychologists and I went, you know, like every week for several years. Um, didn't like it. And uh, at the end, he, the, the, the guy I saw the most, who was a really nice man, an uh, Indian man, he uh, he gathered me and my, my parents together and he said, well, after all the discussions, uh, my final diagnosis is that uh, Andrew has a uh, devilish side. <laughs> I was like, that's what we told you when I came in. <laughs> and we paid him, God knows, I mean, you know, but you, did, you weren't ever ever able to trace it. To, it wasn't because your your parents were negligent or any of that shit. It was just you were just full of the beans. So. You you seem to be possessed by a certain genius, which is sort of <laughs> sort of very kind of you. To which, say. Well, no, it's taxing. I mean, you know, <laughs> it, it's it's hard to have a you know a a, a fucking um, you know unguided genius spirit within you uh, because. Wow. It is. Yeah, there, maybe you just had to find out where to direct that. You know. Well, it's energy. like that. Like there. Like that song. Uh, like that Bongwater song. Ann Magnuson and uh, and what's 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 a what's a guy's name who had the label in New York that Kramer, right? Yeah, Shimmy Disc. Yeah, Shimmy Disc. Like there was a song where that was called "Talent Is a Vampire," and mm. and, and like wow. well, yeah. Well, I mean, that, I haven't thought of that's that's a good title. Yeah, but it's like yeah, poetically, I think it's it's sort of a, a a real thing that like you were gonna either like there was gonna come a moment where you know that energy because obviously we just spent six hours to craft a check that looks authentic enough to fuck <laughs> your so friends up, but it's not things. stupid, but it it's meticulous, it's focused, it takes creativity. I mean, well, it, that's it, a very nice way to look at. it. I don't think the bank thought the same thing. No, but I mean, but, but, right, but you can uh, make a painting and hang it on a gallery wall, or you can do you know. Gosh, I did other things. I, I mean. Kmart gift certificates that really looked good. Yeah. 
and you were I, doing this on your own. You weren't like with a friend and like. No, like, that was the part that was most disturbing to my parents was yeah. that they didn't think they could really tell that it was not good natured, and it really wasn't. Right, it wasn't like sort of like let's do this, you guys. What fuck was it? You, you weren't looking for. It wasn't peer pressure, and it wasn't trying to impress anybody. You just wanted to. I felt really cause. bad about it. I still feel bad about it. And it's uh, you know, when you say like, have you figured out why you were doing that? I don't know that I have. I think I just figured out a way to <clears throat> use some of that same. Uh, uh, inspiration or whatever it was, and and try to direct it into something more cheerful, like no, but I think show that, business, you know, or whatever. But no, but I think it's clear why. I mean, you're you're hooked on fucking, you know, having a feeling, yeah, I, having an extreme feeling, make people so, feel something or other. well, no, but you yourself, I mean, to fuck with somebody that deeply and then to beat the shit out of yourself for it afterwards, I mean, that's some that's some heavy fucking shit. I guess so. I didn't feel too bad after. I All felt right. just confused. Oh, well, then you're just a sociopath. <laughs> you you have a, a, de- a devilish side. I, I just felt confused. Yeah? Uh, well, for sure. The, the, the Kmart thing especially, because the friend that I did that one to was going through a really hard time. He was basically having a psychedelic uh, crisis. He had been taking a lot of acid. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you do it every day yeah. for prolonged times, as you know, you don't have to do it to know what that would... Uh, yeah, yeah. Due to your brain, and yeah, and, and, yeah. and, and so once about, you once you you once you get past Sid Barrett, <laughs> you're, you're, you're in a special realm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he was in that state, and I thought this will be a great time to you know really make him, you know, feel awful. <laughs> yeah. And that, well, that that's the thing. Even now, thinking back, is I don't know why why wouldn't I do it to a teacher I didn't like, or why didn't I do it to someone that was trying to bully me? Or, and there were those kind of people. I always chose people that I could monitor. Um, the reactions and manipulate them as they went through it um, for my own entertainment. And uh, it was pure cruelty. Yeah. And I feel really bad. And, and uh, the one thing is, uh, you know, after all that, and that again was in the teenage years um, up until I moved to New York, then I stopped. And now I've been trying to do something, you know, cheerful and fun. Yeah. You're <sighs> using your powers for good. I don't normally talk about this stuff. So thank yeah. you for uh, giving me a chance to look at it again. Have you, have you gone back and apologized? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still in touch with most of those, most of those people, and, and, and you know the nice thing—they were very nice about it. Yeah. Even people I wasn't that close, uh, they were more just very perplexed. Like, why would you do this to me? Right. And uh, I said, I don't know. And I guess they—they they saw an earnestness in that, at least. Do you have any outstanding sort of like? Oh, I'm never going to be able to make that right. Um. No. That's I don't good. Think so. That's no. good, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had one the, the the last girlfriend or one of the last girlfriends I had before I got married. Um, I've never spoken to her again, and I uh, don't care to. So like, I, I was thinking like, oh, is that the one thing? But I know like if I saw her, I'd be fine. Like, who cares? Yeah, isn't that weird? How much your now. your brain does that? Sort of like, <laughs> What's gonna happen if I run into them? <laughs> it You're gonna say like, hello and be uncomfortable. How are we- you? <laughs> <laughs> You look good. Congratulations on your baby and all that. No, no. And then the, 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 the only other one was a guitar player that, that, you know, was one of my best friends we played with in the band for years. And, you know, he, he left the band in kind of a, a bad vibe. But I yeah. saw him and it was great. And it really is satisfying. I'll tell you, to, man. To do that. It's a good thing to do. Sometimes time clears this shit up. It does because you get older and you realize that everything doesn't matter. I mean, it's everything's absurd. Yeah. Or that everything does matter. Yeah. Yeah. There's some grudges that stick. But, you, you know, have, what are you going to do? You, you have. You have grudges? Yeah, I think that you know, there's a couple unresolved things that, you know, like after a certain point, people are like, you know, you got to let that go. It's just stupid. Yeah, yeah. There's a, I think there's a piece on me in Rolling Stone coming up where oh, no. I brought up a, a thing that is probably going to bite me in the ass. Oh, geez, Mark, why? 
Why did you, did you realize it as you were saying it and it was too late and you're like, I'm just going to go with it? Or had you planned out to talk about it? No, I, I wanted to get it out of me, you know, but I... I, I That's cathartic. Yeah, yeah, but but it, not if it bites you in the ass. Then it's inflammatory. Yeah, it might be inflammatory. Hemorrhoids. Yeah, okay. I think I created a hemorrhoid for myself. <laughs> we'll see what happens tomorrow. Do you want to talk about... Do you want to... No, because I don't. I don't know when I'm going to put this up. Don't fan the flames, up. right? No, okay. I don't know when I'm going to put it up. But uh, well, look, man, it hey. was uh, great talking to you. Thank you very much. You feel good about it? Yeah, I feel really good about it. So, considering this started with a dead squirrel, <laughs> it was a bit ominous. I Did was you... just standing out there waiting for you, and I and I'm like, I'm just sitting on the stoop there, and I look down, and there's that fucking squirrel. Hey, and a lot I'm, of flies around here. What's going on? Well, what I thought to myself, it's like, I'm, how, what's Andrew going to make of this? You know, I, I think this is this is a, a moment we should share. Like, what am I going to make? Like, oh, I can't do this, Mark. If you, if no, you have a don't like, school, how, well, I'm trying to think like, you know, because, you know, you, your brain goes a lot of places. So I'm trying to think like, is is this part of it? Is this, uh, yeah, is is this, is it sad or is it life? I mean, it, you know, is the, the bugs, you know, wow. the ants and the flies, you know, hovering around this thing who clearly fell out of a tree, made, you know, uh, just uh, made a bad judgment call on behalf of the squirrel. But, you know, what does it really mean? Right. How do we interpret this? Um, yeah. It's just, you know, it, it's like there's so many animals. We don't, I don't know where all the dead things go. Sometimes they end up un, under my house, but it's just going to end up going into the ground. You know, it's not a horrible So you were thing. curious how I would look at that as the kickoff to our Yeah. Podcast. And then we didn't kick off with it. You know, uh, now that we're wrapping up with it, uh, I think and to circle back to what we did kick off with, I don't know what to make of it. And yeah. that's fine with me. Yeah. I, I felt jarred by it. That's a good feeling. You know, like it was like I looked down. I'm like, well, you know, like there's that moment where you're scared of a dead thing, like, oh god. But then you're sort of like, I've never gotten a look at something. Then you get drawn in, yeah, because like they're usually just bouncing around. They do move quick, and they go with their tail goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Not anymore. Not that guy. You know what? You don't. We don't have to understand things to experience them. Enough said. I think that sums up this entire interview. So right on. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Okay, that's our show, people. That's it. Fucking interesting guy. I felt like I could talk for a while. Maybe we'll do another one because that just kind of took off and kept going. I dig it. Go to WTFPod.com for all your WTF Pod needs. Uh, you can get on the mailing list. You can get some merch. There's new posters up there. My calendar is up there. The episode guide is up there. You can get the app there. You can kick in a few shekels. Uh, you can get the super premium donor package. I'll send you a bunch of stuff. It's all there at WTFPod.com. Do it up. No boomer today. It's too hot. But I know what's going to happen. As soon as I get off the mic, he's going to start scratching at that fucking door. Oh, God. Okay, what else? What else? Oh, Ferndale, Michigan. September 29th. Right, LA. September 22nd. Got to read some scripts. Feel nauseous. 